Welcome everybody to Hot Takes on the Lake, the Cleveland Browns podcast by lifelong Cleveland Browns fans. My name is Josh and usually I'm joined by your host Nick Pompicelli. Uh, This week however, Nick actually got married so he is on his honeymoon and he will not be joining us. He will be back next week. So this Friday for the preview episode, I will have a guest with me. But for tonight, I am going to be flying solo just like I was for the preview episode of this Cleveland versus Pittsburgh Steelers game. And let's get right into it. The Browns lost this game to the Pittsburgh Steelers 10-15, to a loss at home where we only put up, fifth, uh, only put up 10 points. Uh, a game where we allowed only 15 points, but yet still lost and really at no point ever even looked like we had much of a chance, to be honest. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 20 for 31, 225 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked four times. Nick Chubb, probably his worst game and maybe his career, if uh, definitely this year. 16 carries for only 61 yards, uh, no touchdowns. And one of those being a 21-yard run. So that means 15 carries for 40 yards when you look at it that way. Uh, Dearness Johnson got a couple of carries. Four carries for 22 yards uh, and a touchdown. So he did decent with the limited touches he had. Um, and overall from the receiving core, one of the biggest disappointments of the day, Jarvis did have five catches for 65 yards, um, but had several drops. And you have Odell only getting one reception, which was on a screen for six yards. Uh, this offensive performance was just pathetic. There's really no beating around the bush with this one. Uh, I'm usually the optimistic Browns fan on the podcast, and Nick is more so bringing me back to reality. But considering Nick's not here, I really don't have room to be the optimist. I have to be the realist this week, and we played terribly. Um, after the Cardinals game, I said that it was the worst loss of the Stefanski era. And while I still think that's true because we were defeated terribly on both sides of the ball, uh, this game was just a complete offensive failure. Looking at the defensive side, uh, it still has its problems. Some people are still looking to get Joe Woods out of Cleveland, but overall, you do have to admit, anytime you hold a team to 15 points, regardless of their quality, you know that that isn't a, a loss. That isn't an L that you can blame on the defense. Miles Garrett got a sack as usual. Um, no turnovers, but overall, I thought we actually played pretty well on the defensive side. We held Ben Roethlisberger to just one touchdown. Um, Najee Harris did have a pretty good run game against us 26 carries 91 yards that's only a three and a half yard average but uh though just the way he ran he was able to pick up a lot of extra yards and he had a touchdown as well um and in their receiving game no one broke 100 yards but Deontay Johnson did have six receptions for 98 uh 150 yard pass included in that and Claypool also had about 45 yards so nothing really jumps off the page that makes me angry at our defense this week. I'm not going to be focusing too much on them this week because I just think overall, while they could have, of course, they could have done better. They could have forced turnovers. They could have sacked, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger more than just a couple of times, all of those things. I mean, at the end of the day, they held them to 15 points. And when your offense is essentially doing nothing all game, being able to hold the defense to 15 points, I think is pretty good. Um, and, and let's talk about the offense. We start the game. We get the ball first. We have a 13-play drive of almost seven minutes, and all we get out of it is a field goal. Now, I know some people 
um, have been wanting us to take the points more often. They're, they're not happy with us going forward on fourth down and not making it. So we drive all the way down to the Pittsburgh 7, um, and then we get a sack on third down. Uh, so we have to kick the field goal, which is made by Chase McLaughlin, doing great still. And, okay, you pick up the points there, and then we get a, a quick punt from the Steelers. And then we get the ball back, another sustained drive, but this time it's fourth and one in Pittsburgh territory. And we do go for it, and we run with Nick Chubb, something that I was surprised by. Because it seems every time we're in a fourth and short scenario, you think they're just going to give it to Chubb or Hunt or whoever's running the ball, but instead we end up trying to pass it and we take a sack. This time, we did run the ball on fourth and one, and it got stuffed just like Nick Chubb was getting stuffed almost all game. It was pretty incredible. Uh, and we turn over the ball there on downs. Um, now, I'm not going to blame them for going for it on fourth there. I think that was the right decision, but obviously you have to pick that up. Uh, the Steelers were able to get a field goal on their next drive. And then for the rest of the half, you had punts on almost every drive. You had three, three, three and outs in a row. Um, and then eventually... Um, you know, you did have the Steelers go for it on a fourth down in which the Browns were able to stop them. Um, and that was on a fake field goal, which actually injured their kicker. So going into halftime, it's three to three. The Steelers have an injured kicker and their offense seems to be just as lazy as, as ours was that day. And so I actually did have some confidence going into the second half. I knew that we hadn't really got, got going. But I had more confidence that we would be able to get going uh, rather than the Steelers. And, and at first, it did look like that. We forced a three and out right out of halftime. And then the Browns come out and have their first successful drive, ending in a touchdown. And everything is really looking up. And from that point forward, our offense just completely crapped out the rest of the game. We had three drives the rest of the game. The first one, a three and out. The second one, a fumble. And the third one, a turnover on downs that ended the game. And... I said going into this game that you're probably not going to have 10 to 12 possessions. It's probably going to be a bit less than that. Um, and looking at it here, it looks like we did have just around 10. I'll get that final count here in, in a minute. Um, but in that second half, we're up 3 to 10. Then um, the Steelers score a touchdown. They actually went for two because of their injured kicker, So and they didn't get it. So they were down by one point, but basically a tied game. And then we can't score the rest of the game. Um uh, really, what do you expect, you know, in, in that scenario? Your defense can only do so much, and of course, we do let up a touchdown eventually. You know, it's bound to happen. You can't rely on getting, you know, 17 to 14 wins, uh, which ironically, getting 17 points in this game would have still won you the game. But, you know, these 17 to 14 wins or these 14 to 7 wins, you can't keep counting on our defense when our team is supposed to have this explosive elite offense. It's becoming embarrassing. Uh, and say what you will about Baker Mayfield, whether or not you think he's the guy, of course, in the national media, he's the big talking point because he's the quarterback. And I'm not even here going to be, I'm not even going to be defending him that much in this game, but he didn't do anything terribly wrong. He didn't have a lot of bad misses. He didn't throw any interceptions. He didn't fumble on any sacks his receivers were just dropping balls basically all game and Jarvis Landry fumbled the ball after a catch which you almost never see so while I'm not sitting here giving Baker Mayfield an A grade for the game he'd probably get a C um, but he didn't do anything that I think caught
cost us the game. And, you know, Baker Mayfield is obviously our quarterback, and the quarterback is the most important position on the offense, debatably on the team. But you have to have an offense as well. And on Sunday, it just did not feel like Baker had an offense out there with him that was trying to win this game. Nick Chubb had one of his worst games ever. He was getting stuffed on almost every run. He did break off a couple, uh, but getting stuffed on almost every run. Jarvis Landry was dropping... Uh, numerous passes that were thrown his way, and then when he finally caught it, he fumbled it. Uh, OBJ, like I said, only had the one reception, and he only had one other target besides that, a deep pass, which was a little overthrown, but he could have jumped up for, and he didn't even put the effort in because it wasn't a perfect pass. Uh, He would have had to jump up there and very possibly get hit while in the air, and he didn't even attempt. And it's just this lack of effort that I see. This is an at-home divisional game that's extremely important I spent half of the preview episode talking about how important this game is um, and the team just didn't feel like outside of Baker Mayfield didn't feel like they felt the same way and, and it's so weird that sometimes we come out and have these games it seems like last year and this year in our losses where uh, it's almost like the team is not motivated at all and then you'll have some games where they come out and they're on fire I mean we, we put up over 40 points against the Chargers we put up uh, a ton of points against the Kansas City Chiefs and sure maybe those aren't the best defenses either but it's like we can't put up more than one touchdown against the Steelers um, 10 points total it's really just been embarrassing the last few weeks and this is actually Baker Mayfield's third loss in a row since the one win we've had in our last four games uh, was with Case Keenum at starter and I'm not saying that to start any Case Keenum should start narratives I do not think so at all like I said I don't really blame Baker for anything other than just not carrying the team on his back Uh, but he can't catch his own passes unfortunately and I guess you could ask him to make every throw perfect but no quarterback throws every ball perfectly Uh, we've seen so many games in the last couple of weeks uh, that have turned on a really good quarterback typically having a bad throw so it happens you have to rely on the other members of your team Additionally to that, you do got to give the the Steelers credit where it's due. Former Brown Joe Schobert, of course, forces that fumble on Landry and TJ Watt gets the recovery. TJ Watt had some sacks in the game. And you got to give the credit to Big Ben, although he didn't do anything nuts in this game either. He didn't make any big mistakes, which is something I've been counting on when facing the Steelers. Typically, we are able to force Ben uh, to throw those bad passes that get intercepted or to fumble on sacks. And he didn't do that this week either. So, you know, them in you know addition to their coach Mike Tomlin one of my favorite coaches in the NFL unfortunately he's a you know the coach of our biggest rival but I do really respect him as a coach all of that put together we were just outplayed and outcoached uh, before you even get to the incompetencies of the Browns so even if the Browns weren't making these dumb mental errors it still would have been a toss-up with how much we were outplayed and outcoached on Sunday by the Steelers and Mike Tomlin so This is going to be kind of a shorter episode just because there's not much really else to say. Uh, There was no controversial referee calls or penalties. Uh, There wasn't anything dirty on the Steelers' part. You know, there there really wasn't anything coming out of this game other than just a complete embarrassment uh, on the part of the Cleveland Browns. You know, it's one of those games that really makes you look at the season and look at this team and think, uh, obviously the trade deadline is basically here and it doesn't look like we're going to be able to make any big moves so quickly, but at the end of this season, if we don't turn things around, and you know get to the playoffs it really makes you question uh you know you start looking around and thinking who should we keep here especially on the offensive side uh you know you have Jarvis Landry and Odell both making 15 million dollars a year you have Baker who's going to need a contract here uh contract extension if we're looking to keep him and you also have your offensive line a lot of which are going to need to be getting paid so 
you know, you start looking around and you just start to think if we have these receivers we're paying so much and the tight ends as well, who for the most part, the tight ends have been better performing than the receivers this year in the, in the receiving game, but still nonetheless, obviously not putting up points. Um, you know, how long can we pay these guys and how much money can we spend on this receiving and tight end core uh, when it's not translating to a, a great passing game? And you can put some of that blame on Baker, you know, from an overall big picture standpoint, right? You could say if, if Patrick Mahomes or somebody else had this receiving core, maybe they'd be doing better. And I can see that argument, but looking at just this game specifically, that didn't seem to be the case. It seemed to be the other way around in this scenario. And again, I'm not defending Baker's performance. He didn't have a stellar game, but it definitely wasn't his fault uh, this time. And it seems that this team can never get everybody going at the same time. When the receivers are playing well, Baker's not, and vice versa. And then when all of this isn't working, and you know maybe this is a game that can just be saved by relying on the run game and Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb can't get going either. It was really just all facets of the offense was a total failure. Uh, And that's why I'm not even really going to get into much concern or criticism of the defense because while things could have been better, they could have given our offense more opportunities. At the end of the day, they held the team to 15 points. Uh, They held them to three points all the way until uh, midway through the third quarter. You know, I'm not going to expect much more out of them. I said if the Browns went out and scored 30 points, they would probably win the game. Not only was that true, they they could have scored half of that, 15, and could have been tied in this game. Uh, score one more touchdown, like I said, 17 points, and you win the game. It's really uh, just ridiculous to not be able to expect your offense, especially one of this caliber with the talent that it has, to not be able to put that up. So you kind of just have to, you know, wash your hands of it, move on, but let's just face the reality. The Browns are four and four and the rest of our schedule, we're facing good teams. We're facing the Bengals who have looked to be a good team. Although obviously I'm not ignoring that they just lost to the New York jets and Michael white, (laughs) but they have been a really good team this year. The Baltimore Ravens as usual are a good team and we're facing them twice. We have to face the Steelers again. And then on top of that, we're facing the number one seed in the NFC later this year. Uh, the, the green Bay Packers, um, we're facing the Raiders, who so far are 5-2 and two through the year. So it's not going to get any easier. As a matter of fact, it's only going to get harder. At the beginning of the season, I predicted the Browns to go 13-4. and four. Obviously, that would mean they would have to win out the rest of the season, nine games in a row, in order for that to be the case. And while that's not impossible, it seems pretty improbable at this point. And you really have to start thinking to yourself, how many games are we able to lose and still make it in to that wild card spot? Because when you look around the conference right now, we are right there neck and neck with the other teams in the wild card. Um, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Chargers, the Patriots, uh, the Chiefs are all teams with four wins or less. The Bengals with five wins. Um, so we're right there with all of them for that wild card spot. But it's hard to have confidence that the Browns are going to be the ones to go on that run throughout the rest of the season. There's There has literally been nothing from an offensive standpoint that I have seen in the last month that has led me to believe that we'd be able to, you know, rip off, you know, nine wins in a row or even heck, I mean, winning seven of your next nine would only take you to 11 and six. And while 11 and six might get you a wild card spot, it's not really guaranteed. I said at the beginning of the year, I think that you would have to have a 12 and five record to get a wild card spot and a 13 and four record to have a chance to win this division. So obviously teams are going to lose games. It's not just the Browns. 
like I've said, I mean, the Chargers are four and three. The Chiefs are three and four. You know, there are teams that are under delivering this year, uh, but there's only seven spots available, and it's hard to believe that the Browns are going to be able to win enough games against these tougher teams to make it in. So next week, obviously, we're facing the Bengals, who are coming off a terrible loss. They're going to want to bounce back from the game is also on the road in Cincinnati. The one thing I'll say is that obviously Baker has basically owned the Bengals since being in the NFL. It's really the one team that he has had no problem with. Even last year, the first time going up against Joe Burrow, uh, we still defeated them. So so Baker is uh, yet to um, you know really disappoint. I think we lost one time to the Bengals in 2019 in that terrible season. I think it was like the last game of the year. But overall, you know, in the Stefanski era, we have yet to disappoint against the Bengals and. Uh, I guess that gives me a little bit of hope going into that game, but honestly, there's there's really not much, uh, not much hope there offensively, and I really hope that we can have a different showing next week. So I will be back on Friday with a guest in Nick's place to cover that Bengals game, and then hopefully Nick will be back from his honeymoon and we'll be back to our normal schedule here. But in the meantime, thank you everyone who's been listening. We've been growing pretty rapidly, both in downloads and listeners here in the podcast and followers on Twitter at HotTakes216. Go follow us there if you don't. And if you're here from our Twitter, thank you for listening. Uh, but this is Hot Takes on the Lake. I'm Josh, and we will see you guys on Friday. Yeah, yeah, check, check it,